0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 21st of December. Rudy Gobert. A monster the last two games. Can he do it again, or maybe he doesn't dictate it? Three different defenses and how you react, plus the matchup against the Blazers. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? Happy Friday. Hope you're doing great. Uh, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, host of Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, Breaking down the Utah Jazz on a daily basis here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can just tell your smart speaker or your voice assistant on your phone to play podcast Locked On Jazz. Every time you get in the car, every time you get home, it's that easy and that simple. Just tell your voice assistant to play podcast Locked On Jazz. All right, uh, I want to talk about Rudy Gobert's defense and how brilliant it was against the Warriors in Houston and how then when he's not as good, maybe coming up on another night, it's not because he wasn't as good or uh, he just might not have been as impactful and explain why that might be. Uh, the other day, uh, I got a great question about Dante Exum's performance and thought that I might oversimplify NBA defenses and talk about the three different defenses and then what you have to do to attack them generally um, and how you deal with them and maybe that will be this is a little geeky and then we'll talk about the Portland matchup which plays into all of this because it's particularly kind of um, they play a very style Terry Stotts is really as creative as they come in the league Um, and they play a particular style so we'll dig into that so kind of a geeky show did you go to l9sports.com slash Locked on Jazz to get your chance to win a free pair of skis. Thanks so much to my friend Mitch and the group over at Level 9 Sports. So L9sports.com slash, and nine the number, slash Locked on Jazz. Just enter in your email address, your first and last name, and you have a chance to win a pair of vocal mantra skis. Uh, fill out the form, and you enter to win. Uh, right there, l 9 Sports. the nine and L nine sports has four local Utah locations. Um, Check it out. They've got uh, the one downtown uh, that I head to all the time uh, at 400 West and about six sixty South. And then they've also uh, worked with second track. So there's one in Salt Lake and Ogden and Orem uh, all out there for you. L nine sports.com slash locked on jazz to get a free pair of skis. So the last time, the, the Jazz the last two games, Rudy Gobert has just been incredible. And the Jazz defense has generally been incredible. I mean, to the Rockets came in as the number one defense in the league over the last 20 games, and the Warriors were the number one – excuse me, number one offense. And the Jazz shut them down, and Rudy was a monster. Now, Rudy – First thing that's important is Rudy cannot be a monster without weak side guys coming in and helping, without guards stopping some penetration, without the correct defensive floor spacing. There's all sorts of things. So I don't mean to oversimplify here, but I'm I'm going to a little bit. What is, what both of those two matchups allowed Rudy to do what Rudy does best. And uh, what I mean by that is that Clint is not popping, so he's rolling. Harden's coming at you, and Rudy can now sit in the paint and just muck up the game and play off things. And Rudy's greatest strength, other than his biological length, is his second actions. There are not other big men who are able to make multiple actions on a single play. I've told this story a lot, but I was on the bus sitting next to Alex Jensen in New York City in a traffic jam trying to get to practice many years ago when Rudy's like a rookie, and Alex Jensen's watching film, and I'm watching it with him, and Alex says to me, watch this, and we watch Rudy as he is able to make a multiple action play where he jabs at a ball handler, comes back, cuts off a pass, and grabs a rebound. The contrast to Ennis at the time, who could not do multiple actions. That's not uncommon. Most big guys uh, are not multiple action defenders. I would guess, I haven't watched them enough, but I would guess that Nurkic tonight is not a multiple action uh, defender. And so when you, that's what Rudy's greatest strength is, is if Rudy goes and gets in the paint, he's able to cut off Kayvon Looney on one side, get back to Draymond on the other, and still go get his rebound. I mean, there just aren't guys, it's why he's the best defensive player in the world. I mean, realize that. Realize what we're talking about. We're talking about the best singular defensive player in the world. So, Golden State, Draymond Green can't shoot. So, Rudy just stays back in the paint and hangs out. And if Draymond rolls, he rolls with him. And Clint Capella's rolling, and Rudy's there, and he's in the middle of the paint. And he's got, he's doing an unbelievable job. And he did a great job of popping out on Steph and kind of taking away that three-point line, being up a little bit further than, than he usually is. There's some plays where he's just terrific at it. Now... Let's say there's other nights where Rudy's not as as impactful defensively, and the instinct is to say, well, he's not as good. Well, somewhat it has to do with who you're playing. If you're playing Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns, well, there's no way Rudy can't do the same thing. I mean, it's why the Jazz usually start Rudy on Taj Gibson and Derek Favors on Carl Anthony Towns. Or if you're guarding Nikola Jokic... And he's at the free and he's distributing, or you're playing a pop big. And the fact is, if you look at most of the bigs in the league, there are very few, if any, bigs that are both pick and roll bigs and pick and pop bigs. And one thing I've learned from our coaching staff recently is when you talk about a roll big, there's two different types of roll bigs. There's a half roll big and a full roll. So Rudy's a full roll. Rudy will rim roll. Marcin Gortat is a half roll guy. He sets the pick, rolls to the middle of the lane, and then he's going to make his play out there, but he's not getting on top of the cup. So there's even a little kind of differential in this. This is really kind of like a total basketball 101 diehardy geekdom stuff. So if you hopefully you're digging this tonight, uh, today on the show, because this is this, and you might even have to go back and listen to it twice because I'm probably not totally good enough to explain it. All right, so now. On a night like tonight, frankly, where Nurkic is going to pop probably for a few threes along the way, and you have Damian Lillard, it's a different – there's no way that Rudy can just sit in the middle of the lane and muck things up in the same fashion, and Zach Collins can shoot it a little bit from the outside. So tonight, and we'll get into the third segment of today's show, we'll get into some some of those actions, is – and, you know, Nurkic is not shooting in the weight in the preseason. He's only shooting 13%, so maybe Rudy really lays off him a little bit. But you now have to – Rudy's got to come up to the point of the screen. When 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 he when Nurkic sets a screen on Dame, Rudy's got to come pretty close up to the point of the screen. Now, what Terry Stotts does that's brilliant is he backs that screen all the way way up. I'll get more into this in a little bit. Now Rudy's out at 35 feet and Dame goes around him, and you just don't have a lot of choices. It It depends on the matchup and who you're playing and – and what they do, and and what you're trying to take away. But the point is this: this is that on there are nights like Golden State and Houston, where Rudy can do, ironically enough, two of the best teams, where Rudy is able to actually do what Rudy does. And now the next step for Rudy and he can do this, he'll learn it, but he's got to learn it, and that's what we have to remember, is there are going to be nights where he has to play out at the point of the screen. He's got to blitz somebody a little bit. He's got to trap them, maybe. Um, He's got to come out and impact at 25 feet. Now, what's so hard about that is that every instinct you've ever given Rudy, and he's had his entire career, has been to do the opposite. It's been to go after, you know, go down and, Protect the rim. Now you're asking him to and and to grab rebounds. Now you're asking him to play a little higher out, and he luckily has this second action capability. That as he learns this and he gets used to it, and he's willingly wanting to be great, he'll be able to do this, and he'll get better and better and better as the year goes on. That will be the defensive evolution we see from the Jazz this year. Is how Rudy plays that. That could be all the way out to the three-point line, taking away a Chris Paul mid-range jumper. They totally eliminated Chris Paul's ability to snake underneath. They actually had Rudy switch out on him a few times and say to Rudy, like, okay, deal with this. Now, Chris Paul's not uh, now injured. Uh, Chris Paul's not who Chris Paul once was. So that's That's kind of, we got to understand a little bit when we watch Rudy and this, that he is still a young defender. And how many times do you think he's guarded a stretch five in this modern era in his career? What, 20 times, 40 times? It's still very limited sample size as he begins to get used to doing that and get better and better at it. How many, so, and offenses evolve the whole time. So it's a really interesting mix and match there uh, for Rudy to deal with. Today's show is brought to you in part by Uh, By the way, coming up, we will – I'm going to look at the three different styles of defenses I'm kind of talking about there and then how you attack them offensively, but I'll do it from our perspective. So definitely a huge Basketball 101 uh, show today. Uh, Today's show is brought to you in part uh, by MazumaUSA.com, probably largely by Mazuma, I think, the way uh, some digitally inserted ads are going to work today as well. Uh, MazumaUSA, if you are a small business owner from one to five employees – you want to use Mizuma? They'll save you time and money in the upcoming year in 2019. Uh, Mazuma is a Utah-based company. They uh, have taken a model out of a British company that has done this before, and the way it works is they eliminate your pain point of doing books and of having 12 months of information you have to compile at the very end. For $75 a month, they give you a bookkeeper and a CPA for, the, for forever, frankly. They're yours. They're attached to you, connected to you. It's your entire staff for $75 a month. You have month, every month you get a report. Every quarter you get tax planning. There's no contract. You can cancel at a time and no hidden fees. Call Mazuma USA at 801-980-2102. 801-980-2102. Today's show is also brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. My good friend Blake down in Linden in the store. At 4646 South State Street, they just took my favorite guy from uh, Murdoch Chevy and moved him over to the uh, 4646 South State Street. When you're dealing with the Murdochs, you're dealing with the culture of 90-plus years of being in Utah selling cars and making sure that they give you the Murdoch guarantee. They like to refer to it as the no-regrets buying experience for you in which you – When you're done, know you were treated as well as they possibly can. Extending your service hours for extended period of time so that you can get there. Everything they can do, including oil changes and... Safety inspections for life and the price match guarantee—all of those great things in the five-day return policy. It's at Murdoch Hyundai, forty-six, forty-six South State Street. When you're talking Hyundai, make sure you just put it on your list. Find out what the new what you can get for the new Sonata Sports sedan at twenty-six thousand dollars. If you're looking at a different sedan. At the end. if you're looking at the Santa Fe and a big SUV or a medium size, I guess that's not a big a suburban and one of those is kind of the big ones. But if you're looking for a full-sized SUV, make sure you go take a look at the. Santa Fe and see what they've got. They've got Kona's in stock right now. They've been running out of Kona's all the time. Those are the zippy little small ones. They have 41 of them in stock. Blake texted me the other day to let me know. So go check it out at Murdoch Hyundai 4646 South State Street. Alright, little daddy moment here. Sweet! My daughter's racing today and the way that we um, check out race results is that there's this thing called live timing and you get... um, you get how she did. And while I'm recording it, she's racing right now and she just finished. And a quick check is that she had a great run. Her good friend, Elizabeth was a little faster than her, but she seems to be (coughs) doing better than a bunch of the kids that beat her a lot last year. So, um, a great little start for the little lock, uh, in her race season this year. Kind of exciting. She's really skiing. Great. Um, so neat stuff. Um, all right. So anyway, that's that's what dads do while they're on the road in Portland, recording shows. They're checking ski racing, lifetime. Hey, can I thank you? I don't know if you guys saw this, but there's a company, Nerdist. Um, they're one of the leaders in podcasting, and um, just recently there was a study done uh, by Spotify, who's done a great job with podcasting, and they did the most streamed podcast genres this year, and then they also did a thing where they did the pot this on the podcasts that were the I don't know how they exactly phrased it but it was basically the podcasts that were most popular in their state than any other um, and locked on Packers won Wisconsin and locked on Jazz won Utah so thank you so much uh, for just listening. I mean, we talk about the iTunes reviews and the other stuff. Thank you so much for just listening. Um, that's my Christmas present, that it is so fun to do this show every day because I know you guys are committed to it, and I know you're enjoy- hopefully enjoying it. And hopefully days like today um, are where someone comes back and says, I'm a better fan because you uh, explain these things. I'm a better fan because I get to spend time with these brilliant coaches Um I was at dinner with some of our coaches recently and you know just suddenly I realized they're saying things that they are so incredible and I and I don't you don't even re, they don't even realize what they're telling you is mind-blowing um and I actually was talking to Kevin Pelton who I will have on Locked on NBA this week for your Christmas present for you um and it's just such a cool cool thing um, to be able to have that access, and so I am trying to do my best uh, to bring that to you. So let's get back into this kind of X's and O's 101 uh, aspect of things here uh, today, and that gets us to uh, part two of this, which is the. Uh, somebody asked about Dante yesterday and why does Dante have good games against some of the best teams? And not, and it, Dante almost seems to be predicated based on defenses. So let me simplify the NBA into three different defenses, all based on pick and roll, frankly. Um, Those three pick and roll defenses are the following. You can drop the big. Tonight when we play Portland, we'll get into this in a second, but it's what we would prefer to do with Rudy. So the pick and roll comes. So we do Harden-Capella. So Harden comes off Capella. Capella is now rolling to the basket. Ro- the, the 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 first choice that is made is whether the guard is going under the pick or trailing going over the pick. Almost universally now in the NBA, you have to go over. Ricky Rubio, Dante Exum are exceptions to the rule. They're not good enough shooters, particularly off the bounce, and people go under. But even on defenses when you want to go under now, what teams have started to do is they'll sl- – The Lopez brothers are the best at this. If you're going under, the big just keeps dropping down and down and down and driving you lower and lower and lower as you try to go under. It's basically a moving pick toward the basket, and you can't get under. Or if you do get under, they just flip the pick, and now you're going under at even a lower point, and you start going under so low that it's detrimental. So almost all the time now in the NBA The guard is coming over the pick unless there's a unique circumstance where someone really doesn't have an off the bounce shooting game. But you're still in those circumstances. You're seeing the big drag down low enough that that pick gets set lower and lower and lower. So pick and roll at the top. Let's go with Harden again. Harden's coming off. We're certainly trailing him. We cannot go underneath on Harden. So now the defender is trailing and actually playing him behind. You're actually playing him behind so he can't stop. You're almost defending, reaching over the top of him. You're trying to impact him in that fashion. Gobert at this point is now dropping and toward the rim, protecting the rim, trying to hold off the, the hard and drive while simultaneously being equal to the roller. The big man is rolling the basket and Gobert's job is to stay equal with the roll man. So that's One one defensive assignment there, okay? And that's what Nurkic will do tonight. Donovan will come off the pick. Rudy will roll. Nurkic will drop all the way down. So how do you attack this? Well, one is if you can can widen your pick and roll a little bit so that Rudy's on one side of the lane and Donovan's on the other. You get the lob up to Rudy, and he gets over the smaller... He gets over, you know, Nurkic, who's not a vertical guy. You can do it. However, what happens most often now is that a team will try to drop somebody, another third defender in there, unless you have a great corner three shooter. So, you know, in our ideal circumstance, you have Ingles on one side, Corver on the other, and they're going to have a hard time leaving that. And Portland is very good at denying the corner three. Again, uh, I'll try to get more into Portland uh, here in a second. The, when you, and so now, if you're, let's say you're Donovan, so how do we attack this? Or if you're Dante, because this is where the question came from. So tonight, so, so Don- I'll get into tonight next, sorry. So Dante, in this circumstance, Donovan has been having a tendency to get too deep, not be able to get in the rim, losing all of his passing angles, and throwing up these short little floaters. He almost has to play it back at 17 feet or pull up for his mid-range jumper, but that's hard because that defensive player is right behind you. He's all, if he can make the decision a little bit sooner, maybe he can see a guy in the corner if they're sliding someone down to Rudy. But the other problem is you slow down. Now you've broken the parallel line between you and Gobert on the roll, and it's a little easier for the big to stay in between. It's a, this defense, the dropping big defense, was seven of the top ten defenses in the NBA last year. For all the talk of switching, in the regular season last year, the drop big defense was the best defense. We played it. Portland played it. Toronto plays it. Boston does it a little differently with Horford and some of their switching. Um, Oklahoma City plays it a little differently. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, so anyway, so that's the first uh, aspect, and 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 the way you've got the, you got to move the ball out of that. Try it again, drive. Get what we call the blender going. Get the defense. The defense is in a bit of a scramble at this point. There are lanes. you got to get off the ball on that drive to be able to try to kick and move things and have them happen to create open opportunities. But drop big teams can usually are able to not allow corner threes as we are because you're able to hold on to those corner threes. And if you're going to give up – if you bring a fifth guy, another guy in, you're doing it off a different spot. So um, so that's number one. Number two is what we'll see out of Oklahoma City on Saturday is Oklahoma City with Stephen Adams will come up to the point of the screen and he's just got these awesome hands and he's so big. And the ball handler will come off that screen and – Steven Adams is there, and now you're almost kind of trapped, and you're trying to get it over to Rudy, but they'll swing hard from the weak side into Rudy's role, not with Steven Adams, but from somebody else because what their whole system is is they're going to impact the ball really, really heavily and then bring... Jeremy Grant, whomever it is that was on the weak side, into the lane to hit Rudy's roll. And so if you go back to the Oklahoma City playoff series, what the Jazz were able to do is one of the phrases there is get off the ball. So you, if you're Rubio and you come off that pick, remember he had the triple-double, they've got two guys on you. and Before Steven Adams can really engage in you, get off the ball and move it. But that same strategy against the drop big wouldn't work. And so when you look at who allows corner threes in this league, the least amount of corner threes allowed in the league are the Utah Jazz, the Brooklyn Nets, both of which play the drop big, Toronto, which plays the drop big, Clippers, which play the drop big. And now this year, the biggest change in Oklahoma City is that they're now sixth in the league at not allowing corner threes. They've altered their defense a little bit to not allow that. What they are allowing is more rim shots. Why? Because Stephen Adams has come all the way up in that circumstance. Who allows the fewest amount of rim shots in the league? Milwaukee, drop big. Utah, drop big. Uh, Orlando, two big drops. Toronto, drop big. Those are four of the seven teams that Dallas um, with DeAndre Jordan, five of the eight, they don't allow shots to the rim because the big is dropping in the pick and roll. Uh, who allows the most corner threes in the league? Um, in... Denver allows the highest percentage of corner threes because Jokic is playing up on the pick in the same way that Steven Adams does. Uh, This is something that they've made a big deal about. And if they change, Jokic felt is that when he was back, he wasn't agile enough. They were just coming at him attacking. He doesn't have the verticality. And so he was getting abused on that. And so they've made that change to try to uh, help him out in that manner but that the weakness of that is you got to swing guys over on the weak side and shoot it over. I would say this about Denver's defense by the way. They're 29th in the league at allowing shots at the rim and 30th at allowing shots um, at the corner three, that is not a script that is going to hold to be an elite-level defense that everyone thinks they are. That's, that's disconcerting. I didn't know that about Denver, and I'm pretty all-in on Denver, and that, to me, is that there's some... They're getting fortunate, and there's a, that's just not a script that can win um, a great deal. The third and final is the switching. And so we've seen this a ton with Houston and Golden State is they're just switching. This, again, usually takes away the corner threes because they're not leave- you're not leaving your man. You're just going to the next guy. And the way you attack this is either you're slipping picks where you catch them before the switch and you get the shot at the rim or you're beating guys one-on-one on the dribble drive. So now to the discussion of Dante. Dante's strengths happen... When he's in that ice, that switching defense like Houston Gold Goldstein, he can go beat a guy one-on-one to the basket because then he's at his strengths. Or if he gets a mismatch. Against the drop big, Dante's got to make a decision. The pain, he's not a good pull-up shooter. He's got It's a little harder for him. And against the Steven Adams, Nikola Jokic-type defense that comes up in on him, he's got to make a quick decision, which is not always his strength. And his handle's not elite. So that's a hard one where he's got to get off that ball quickly. And he has a tendency to do the opposite, which is to dribble it out rather than get off the ball. So those are why Dante now that's the development. So it'll be a big deal when Dante ha, if Dante has a good game tonight against Portland, that would be terrific, because that would be a sign that he's doing well against a drop big team. Frankly, Donovan is not very good. I did a big research project during the summer on Donovan against drop big teams. It's ugly. Donovan generally struggles against uh, teams, you know that that drop, that drop the big. Um, I'm going to see if I have that. I don't know if i ha if I save that one um I think I might have just just run a quick thing on that um quick, quick thing did not show up a uh reminder on that, so I think um you know, keep an eye on that for you know Donovan now has gotten really good on that long. Two, he's 49%. That's a good shot tonight for him, particularly early in the game. Take that. Now, can he get it, or is Dame going to be on his backside in a way that that's an uncomfortable shot for him? So keep an eye on that, and you'll see uh, a lot of what we're talking about. Uh, final last-second shopping, grip6.com slash lock. Uh, thanks so much for all your support of this. They've had great success. Uh, so many Locked On Jazz listeners are going to be wearing Grip 6 belts. They are the coolest thing. No flaps, no st- Uh, holes, nice cinch fit, doesn't ever loosen up. I'm wearing my Grip6 belt right now. Uh, Classic pack, 33% off, three buckles, three straps, including the Grip6 hanger. It's the lowest public price ever on this item. In fact, if you go to the site, you'll see one that's more expensive. You can um, pick up uh, whatever you want, three straps, the black, the gray. I need to get a gray one. Uh, I've got the black and the brown, and then you can pick your buck buckles you choose your size so they have it perfectly for you uh and then you get to choose your buckles and your straps really really cool and by the way if you do it right by the way if you do your math you can be very efficient you can have nine different uh buckles that match the flag series is great i like that honeycomb uh fit because the belt shows on the other way and so it shows that different color the craftsman series the conservation series a lot of fun uh different aspects they've had a lot of a lot of good time with it um and some bright colors as well if that's more up your style of what you want to um, get done there's a whole disc series disc pro series as well that's all at grip slash lock a low profile belt designed for comfort in mind no slip locking mechanism pretty awesome no belt Only belt with no holes and no flaps. Grip6.com slash lock.
0: Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking
1: Let's put all this together, I've kind of alluded to it already. So, Portland's really tough watching them. They First of all, Terry Stotts runs great plays. They also lo- are very, very good at where they run their pick and rolls from. If you're watching the game tonight, watch where they run their pick and roll. So, they'll run something way pulled up top where they pick Dame's man at 35 feet and then you're trying to go under that, and then they'll just flip it again, and now you're un- you are un—you can't stay, keep going under because it's too long, and Dame's got too much. Training. And now Rudy's got so much space he's got to cover because he's not going all the way to 35 feet, but now all of a sudden here comes Dame with a head of steam coming at Rudy, and if you watch Dame's history with Rudy, he used to not attack him at all. Then he attacked him a lot and couldn't finish. Now he's figured out how to finish against him. Uh, and so that's... Then you'll see a lot of tight sideline pick and rolls, which are really hard. Because if you clear that side, Dame will come up. He'll be about uh, top of the key extended on the right or left side, and he gets a pick from Nurkic, and he works that sideline. Well, Rudy at this point's got to guard that whole area because they that strong side corner is either filled, and they don't. You're not going to leave the strong side corner. It's rule number one of the Jazz defense or it's empty, and now Dame's got that whole space to drive on Rudy. Well, if Rudy plays dropping big like he wants to, Dame's just stepping off that pick from Nurkic and burying a wide-open three going... He like, he prefers to go left than right, but in this case, I have him going right. So, Rudy's got to come up, impact that on the sideline, but now Dame's got that whole... If Dame can turn the corner, he's going downhill with Rudy out of the rim. You almost have to trap him in the corner Um, There and play a very, very aggressive style is your only choice on how to deal with that. The other one they, they do a great deal is they run the best set of back picks off the ball so that guys get open off of threes. Ron and I were watching Portland on the plane yesterday, and they just run the most creative super sets on ball up top, action to this side, or fake action to the side, a back pick on someone who seems like they're just, you know, you're watching something else, you get hit by a pick on the side, you're not sure where it came from, and pop Damian Lillard open for three on the left side. If you're watching at home, and a guy gets open for a three, and you're like, how'd that happen? Feel free to hit pause and go back. You'll see great action from Terry Stotts. Now, now, on a defensive end, Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins are just going to drop. And this is makes it difficult for the Jazz. This is the defense that um, the Jazz have spent the most amount of time at. Um, one of the things Nurkic loves to do is he'll just jab at you to try to break your tempo. Uh, the answer on that is if you're coming at Nurkic and he jabs at you, you got to attack him immediately. Your instinct is to back up this big Bos- Bosnian big boy or whatever he calls himself on Twitter is suddenly jabbing at you and your instinct is to go the other direction. But the fact is you have to do the exact opposite. You have to come right at him at that moment and attack him because he's le- lurching forward a little bit and you've got to go at him. So it's it's a little bit of a mentality thing there. An early lamp or two for Ricky Rubio will really open up the things for the Jazz tonight. The other question is can you get good looks against them moving the ball where do you get your looks what do they give up and um, because their defensive structure is pretty good Portland does not uh, allow uh, have a lot of weaknesses where they allow things they're the fifth best at denying the three they're the 13th best at denying rim what they force you into is mid-range shots they allow the most mid-range shots in the NBA and if you walk through and we look at the Jazz versus Portland last year. Our offensive rating in the first game of the year, we won by nine at home, was a 102. Um, we we got 29 threes in that game, and we made them. We hit 45% of our 29 threes. Uh, Walked down to our next matchup, we played them both, I think, right before and right after the All-Star break. So we had kind of clicked in, <laughs> and at least one of those, they just hammered us. Um and then they hammered us on the last game of the season as well here. Uh, we, win, we win by 19 here on the February 11th. We hammer them. And on that night, we go 13 of 26 from three. Again, only 26 attempts. Hit 13th. We have one of our best offensive nights of the year with a 121, Then we come back and play them 14 days later, right out of the all-star break. We go six of 25 from three. Again, not very many attempts. They don't allow them. And we have an 85 defensive rating, which was generally our worst offensive night of the season. And then on the final game of the regular season uh, in Portland, we had a 92.9. And again, just 23, three attempts and only make eight. It, It's a very, very difficult setup for us because we're not, we don't get three attempts off against these guys. And you can't, you've got to almost make 50% to make up for those points. So it'll be interesting to see how the Jazz uh, attack this tonight and are able to get, it's hard to get those three looks. You've got to get into that paint. Donovan's got to make his decisions early. Probably has to make a few early buckets uh, to relieve the pressure in that mid-range game. And Rubio's got to make a layup or two and hit that mid-range shot early. That is your Locked on Jazz Basketball 101 today. Have a happy holidays. I don't know what I'm doing Monday yet. I might do a podcast. Uh, I will have a Locked On NBA for you with Kevin Pelton. Uh, thank you very much. Have a wonderful holidays. If I don't talk with you uh, between now and then, because you go off for your stuff, and thank you so much for tuning into this Friday edition. Remember, all you got to do is tell your smart your voice assistant or your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Jazz. Why don't you tell them right now to play Locked On NBA and get Adam and Anthony from today and me and Trevor Booker yesterday. Have a great day.